Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to Flip This with Steve Londo, the real estate investing podcast that focuses on finding and negotiating with motivated sellers and flipping houses without using banks or private lenders. You must be prepared to ignite.
What's up? Welcome everybody to episode 28 of the Flip This podcast. Turn this music down a little bit. This is the real estate investing podcast that teaches you how to find and negotiate with motivated sellers to flip houses without using banks or private lenders or contractors. As always, I'm your host, Steve Londo, joined by Jeremy Burgess. What's up? What's happening? I am a full-time wholesaler flipping houses in Detroit and its suburbs. Wholesaling is where you go out and find someone that wants or needs to sell their house. You negotiate a contract uh, for, say, 30000 and you go and market it and find a buyer for 40000 You assign your contract to your buyer, and you make the profit in between. Nice, smooth, uh, risk-free way to get involved in real estate investing and how I make my living full-time. Which leads us to the very best part of this podcast and really the reason for doing it, right? Deals. Deals, 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 deals. Deals. Ooh, Grab I got your some, pin. Got some new ones for you this week. Grab your checkbook. Said that last week, too, but these ones are brand spanking new. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide them. Hot off the presses. So you like higher-end deals, huh? These, I don't want these $10,000 Detroit houses, Steve. I want something in the suburbs. How about Oak Park? A nice big brick duplex that's fully tenant occupied, fully rented, uh, turnkey, really needs nothing done to this house. Well, I take that back. Maybe, maybe change out the electrical panels because they're fuses, but they're all inspected with the city, uh, new roofs. Everything in this house is super, super good. The address is 140. Two five one West Nine Mile in Oak Park. Again, that's one four two five one West Nine Mile in Oak Park. Each uh, side is rented for eight hundred a month. Actually, there's a little bit of confusion. I don't know if it's two or three bedrooms. Um, the public record says three, but my guy wrote down two, so I, I'll verify that. Sorry about that. Uh, there's a basement, and uh, I need one hundred thirty thousand. 800 a month. They've, each tenant's been there for over 10 years. It's under-rented. <clears throat> this is a nice big brick duplex that will pay for your kids' college multiple times over or maybe once and a half times since college is so expensive these days. This is a great opportunity, you guys. Uh, hit me up at steve at stevebuyshousesfast.com. If you haven't already seen this through the email, it's because you're not on my email list. You need to get on there at 313cashdeals.com. Again, that's 313cashdeals.com. There's a lot of people that like Oak Park, right? It's a oh, great man, suburb. I, I could sell that. I mean, it's you're, a great suburb. You might even have a bidding war on that, frankly. I'm hoping so. Yeah. Well, uh, there's comps at 135, 140, literal duplex comps exactly like this, a few houses down from it. So pricing's good. Um, I mean, this is like, where else are you going to put your money and get this kind of return? Now, it's not going to be a 25% return like in the city. It's Oak Park. But it's way yeah. less hassle. It's way more hands-off, and this will pay you for decades to come. You get a good, solid, double-digit return without all the headaches, you yep, know? for sure. 10 to 12 is what I projected. So depending on what your maintenance costs are, your management and all that kind of stuff, uh yeah, you're looking 10 to 12% return, which is phenomenal. And you own the house. You know, don't forget about that. Where 
I do private loans where I borrow money at 10 to 12%. Um, and people love getting those kinds of returns. I get people that are asking me to fund deals fairly often. I just don't have a use for, I don't use private money very much. I don't do many deals that I have to close and take possession of the house and, uh, and, and own it for any extended period of time. Um, so 10 to 12%, they're very, very happy with, and they don't own the house still. They don't still have the equity in that house and be able to sell it down the line. So get the forced depreciation from your tenants paying your mortgage Yep, when you, you refi get, it. Yep. And you get depreciation on your taxes. You get some nice write-offs. Um, rental real estate is where it's at. I mean, read rich dad, poor dad, right? I mean, this is, this is the type of house that you buy own for a few years, 1031 into something else a little bigger and better. Um, this is a this is a deal. Again, 14251 West Nine Mile in Oak Park. And you can reach me at Steve at Steve Buys Houses Fast dot com. The next deal, uh only two again this week. This is a brand new one. <clears throat> this is a, a nice big brick bungalow in a super, super nice neighborhood in Detroit. This is, uh, it's between Seven Mile and Outer Drive, which is always, generally speaking, really a a good spot to be. Uh, For whatever reason, once you hit south of that, um, it starts to get to shit. But not necessarily in this neighborhood, but that Seven Mile between that little stretch, it's only like two blocks long usually too. Um, Seven Mile and Outer Drive and then between Wyoming and Myers. This is uh, 19195 Eileen, I-L-E-N-E in Detroit. It's 48221. This is a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath brick bungalow with a full basement. Um, there's, I believe there's a garage, too. I didn't write it down. Sorry. Um, this house really just needs cosmetics. It's in good shape. Uh, functionally, everything's in good condition. All the mechanicals are in good condition. Um, this was a probate <clears throat> and a very, very nice house. Just needs to be updated, and I think that this should rent for at a low end eight fifty, and at a high end up to nine fifty. Uh, three bedroom, one and a half bath. Again, it's one nine one nine five Eileen in Detroit four eight two two one, and I need thirty two for this one. There's comps up to the seventies on this house uh, in this neighborhood. So great opportunity, great uh, appreciating neighborhood, and uh, you can still get into these really nice brick homes for cheap. Uh, but you got to act fast. Again, Steve at stevebuyshousesfast.com. And if you're not on my list and you have not seen these emails and seen the photos of these properties yet, then you need to jump right on there right now at 313cashdeals.com. For Eileen, that's a person who's looking with a five-year exit strategy. This would be perfect to do a buy and rent and have the tenant pay down your initial investment and acquisition costs, right? Yep. Uh, creating equity right from the get-go. You buy with equity, they start paying down the equity, and then watch as the neighborhood goes up. Now, most of the stuff is hitting at 1,800-plus square feet, but most of that inventory is getting eaten up. It's only a matter of time before it's gone, and there's just not that much inventory at that square footage. Once that stuff's gone, guess what, baby? You're back yep. in the game. So... This would be a good one, uh, provided you know World War Three doesn't break out or anything else like that. Hey, I don't have a, a ball too. I'm just looking yeah. and seeing what's happening. I, I'm in it every day. I'm watching it every day. That's right in the neighborhood. Snooze on this one at your own peril. That's all I'll say. 
Yeah, I guarantee you won't hear this this house again on this podcast. It will be sold. Uh, shit, it might even be sold before this one airs. This is this is take two, episode is, yeah. two of the day. So this is why you can't wait. Three one three cashdeals dot com. Never snooze, never lose, baby. That's it. So that's all I got for deals this week. Uh, make sure to hit me up, Steve at stevebuyshousesfast dot com. Three one three cashdeals dot com. Get on that list so that you don't miss. Have you noticed? That everybody's a wholesaler now, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and there's and there's nothing wrong with that. But go to 313cashdeals.com and actually get emails and get deals. And you may have noticed too that a lot of people just take other people's deals, like Steve deals, and yeah. resend them back out, which with permission, there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. But how Whole about you get on a real list <clears throat> where they really put stuff under contract? And uh, with a real wholesaler looking to provide value, um, just trying to differentiate you from all these other people. I appreciate it. We're just getting started. And there's nothing wrong with just getting started. But, uh, you know, stick with a real deal, man. Yeah, if you want to buy properties from someone that is 100% direct to the seller, uh, then you definitely need to be on my list. 313cashdeals.com. It's as good as the MLS, only better because you don't have thousands upon thousands of people bidding on these same properties. Well, it's investors for investors too. So you're not getting that stupid real comp realtor shit. when you go looking at deals, right? Yeah. Man, this is Steve. He knows how you think. He knows how how you wake up in the morning. He knows how you calculate deals. He knows what you're thinking because he's already fucking thought it. So 313cashdeals.com. If you're not there already, just go somewhere else. So what's working? What's not? Um, what I started this week that's working, and I love this. We used to do this all the time, every week. Um, we have a weekly meeting with the whole team. Now, when it started to, when the team got big, it got to be a little difficult. And then when it shrank down to just a handful of us, it didn't need to be done as much. Now that we're getting back into a bigger team with, uh, I think there's seven of us total, um, we're, we're going to start doing weekly meetings again. And we do these via freeconferencecall.com, and there's an app that I can download right on my computer. I can share my screen. It works on all platforms, Mac, PC. It works on my phone, my iPad. These are quick 30-minute or less meetings. We're talking about what happened last week. How many appointments did you go on? How many? I didn't assign the team their their reporting duties yet. That's coming this week. But they will be reporting how many appointments did you go on? How many people did you talk to? How many contracts did you or offers did you make? How many contracts did you sign? How many deals did you close? Um, some of those I will be telling them how many deals they closed, for example. But a lot of those things are just quick hit. Do these every week and we stay on top of everything rather than only waiting for the monthly meetings. The monthly meetings are great. That gives us the snapshot for the whole month. However, some things we need to look at on a week-to-week basis. If there's four salespeople and there's four appointments for the week, that's a problem. This isn't what happened, but I'm just saying if there's four of them and there's 12 appointments, okay. That's more like it. Each of them going on three appointments for the week. It's not what they should be. I think they should be at five to 10 per week um, to meet the numbers that they've set, the the goals they have, both goals I've set for them and goals they've set for themselves, financial goals, et cetera. Um, they, they should be getting, they should get one in four deals that they go on. One in four appointments, they should walk out with a contract. Our company averages, um, 44% for the last month. It was 44%. So it's pretty good. 
But when you take me out of the equation and just get conservative, I like to say 25% because they're probably right around 30. They're about a third, but give them some leeway, book more appointments, get more contracts. Yeah, that's like a good midline because there's really two strategies, right? Equity and motivation, book an appointment, meaning you're going to go on more appointments, but you're going to make more offers and get more offers accepted or go the other extreme, book a highly qualified appointment, go close half of them, and you're kind of going right down the middle, right? Yeah. Semi-qualify them so you're not wasting too much time. But if they have equity and motivation, go. Yep. So we're, yeah, that's exactly right. We're kind of splitting the difference there because I found early on when we were over, we were almost over-qualifying people and we were losing opportunities. We were definitely missing out on deals. Sellers don't always tell you the whole story on the phone and they certainly don't do that the first time you talk to them. So many times we need to get the basic preliminary information and then go out and look at the house. Once we've seen the house and we're there, Okay, then we can start to, um, you know, figure things from there. So, yeah. Sellers lie. I mean, (laughs) you do the best you can to screen them on the phone. And that is the downside to that strategy is you do screen out deals, you know. Downside of the other strategy is you do a lot of driving, a lot of disappointment. You might only get one out of eight or one out of ten. Yep. But you're going to leave with more contracts overall. For sure. Pick your poison, right? Well, I used to – the way – the deals I used to do before I decided to – do more wholesaling was I was going and marketing just about the same amount of marketing. The deals were much bigger, but they were spread out over much more time. So essentially the income was the same. Um, as much work essentially, cause I was doing a lot more work for nothing, quote unquote, but I was doing, um, free and clear houses. So anything, if it was free and clear, if they had equity and they were interested in any way, I'm going. And those appointments weren't, let me go and take a look and snap some pictures. And these were 90-minute appointments generally, building rapport with the seller, walking through the house with them, sitting at the kitchen table and going through the whole entire thing, a whole presentation. And we would get maybe one out of 20 or one out of even 30 of those deals. Um, But they were much higher profit spreads in the end. I mean, way bigger spreads because they were long-term holds. They were cash now cash flow and cash later deals. So you're getting paid basically three times. Um, those are awesome deals, but you know, you got to be prepared for one out of 20, one out of 30 working out. So I like to blend it a little bit. I am starting to also educate the team on some seller financing techniques. So when they go out to a house and they've got an offer, <clears throat> they've got a property with a motivated seller, but they, they can't accept our cash price or won't accept our cash price. I'm giving them some guidelines now and some ideas on how to make those offers and structure those to the sellers. So we can try to generate more deals and even increase that conversion rate even further. Conversion, converting it to a contract is converting it to a contract, whether it's one we're going to buy, fix and flip ourselves. We're going to wholesale it only. I'm going to buy it and put it in a rental portfolio or some variation in between. If it's seller finance, you can still wholesale a seller finance deal. So, um, yeah, so that's, what's working, uh, uh, staying, staying on top of these numbers and staying, uh, meeting with the team every week is the first week of doing that back to the weekly calls. It's, it's really hard sometimes with, um, part-time people with full-time day jobs. So I 
I'm doing it on their lunch hours. I'm trying to be fast for their purposes and for the whole team's purposes because nobody wants to sit on the phone for an hour and go through uh, details like this. That's more for the monthly meetings. But, um, yeah, that's what's, that's what's working. What's not, um, last month I said I took myself out of the round robin, or last week I should say, <clears throat> took myself out of the round robin. It wasn't because that wasn't working, but what I it's been able – enabled me to do is to spend more time working on the business and, and spend more time doing things like marketing, looking at my website and saying, you know what, I can increase this. I can add these other web pages that will then, you know, generate some, some more content, which Google loves content. And they're going to see that and SEO, um, more SEO tricks, I guess, if you will. So I can focus more on that stuff after getting out of that game, which is, which was very cool. Oh, we have story time. Mm. Story time with Steve this time. Um, well, I don't have any funny or happy stories lately. I don't know what the deal is, but people want angry Steve. They must love Savage Steve. So hashtag Savage Steve if you're in that camp. But oh, my God, sellers, what is wrong with you? So let me start at square one. So first of all, we have this house under contract. It's been sent out to my list several times. Got a buyer. I have two different buyers. And I'm trying to decide which offer I'm going to accept. Basically, whoever's going to close the fastest because they're within a grand of each other. I made make the decision. I call the seller and I'm calling to get some title-related issues resolved. Hey, I need this. I need that. And also just try to get a little better price because they my buyers dropped my price fairly substantially. So I was going to try and eat some of that back or get some of that back from the seller. That didn't work. But I don't think that's why the backing out – she's backing out of this deal. So the seller is trying to tell me that this house is actually in her daughter's name and that she signed our contract in her daughter's name, signed her daughter's name. So she's admitting to fraud. She's admitting to fraud. And I have this in writing from her via text. That's fucking stupid. Very fucking stupid. My God. So, and she said that Joel. Screenshot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've already done it. She said that Joel told her to go ahead and do that. And I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. No, now, Joel has had some, some struggles. He's, he's, you know, he's done a great job. He's had some brain fart moments, though, let's be honest. And come on, I have two. Uh, one of them was last week's 35, once 35K note, which I beat him up about all the time. I think that's going to be a running gag. Every week <laughs> I mention that gaff on the podcast. No, but I, come on. I know he didn't tell her that. Like, he's not stupid. He's not that new where he'd be like, oh, sure, I'll tell you whatever you want to hear to sign. He's not going to tell you to do something illegal. And he's no. definitely not going to tell you to do something illegal. The guy's a licensed real estate agent as well. He works for me. He likes working for me. And he knows... That had he actually told her to do that, he would not be working for me because I don't tolerate that shit. There's no way. So what happens tomorrow is I have to go downtown and file a, a fuck you, David. I like to call them a fuck you, David. Thanks, Tracy Kaywood, for that, for that coining that term. So I have to file an affidavit of claim of interest on this property. I have a valid legally binding contract. Now, I don't know about you, but when I sign purchase agreements, I'm not generally looking at people's ID and going, are you the person that owns this house and you're the one that's selling me? Okay, I'm just making sure 
that's what titles for and that's what the title companies are for and that kind of stuff. Actually, maybe I should start this practice because I'm kind of involved in a lawsuit, a very similar situation in East Point. Did you check public records? See how it showed up on public records? Yeah, it's the, the name that signed our contract. Yeah. It's who's in public record. So, so she pretended to be somebody and else. And she always allegedly. went by Ms. Her Last Name. You know, I won't say it on here, but Ms. Her Last Name. And, you know, a lot of older people in the cities that's kind of how they want to be addressed joel i'd always call her even to me he said ms carter this oh whoops ms carter that whatever and so yeah i i now have to go file a fuck you david i have to i i tried to smooth this all out and in fact i'm going to give it one last hail mary effort today and see if i can pull out my inner aaron Rodgers and and make this thing happen but she is insisting that she doesn't want to sell. Oh, and why is she changing her mind now? If she just doesn't want to sell, they're going to stay in the house and live there for the next 20 years. Okay, you know, I probably still file, but you, that's not why, and that's not what she's telling me why. What it is is in 2012 or 13, she was going to lose her house to foreclosure and taxes, and she got Step Forward Michigan to step in for her and pay those taxes to avoid the foreclosure. Well, there's a five-year forgivable loan that you sign when uh, you do that, when you have help from Step Forward. And if they uh, don't, if you don't own the house for five years and sell it after that five-year period is up, you have to pay them back a prorated portion of that dollar amount. And she's two to three years in. She's about halfway in. She's going to have to pay back about half of what they paid for her. She is not happy with this. She also owes 2014, 2015, and now 2016 taxes. Wait, are you telling me the state program to help somebody pay their property taxes didn't help them pay their property taxes and she losing it anyway? Well, no, it paid their property taxes, but she just didn't pay the taxes after that either. So now she's going to lose it for not paying her property taxes again. And the state doesn't get their money. No. Or they might get some, right? Half of it back? Well, if she would sell the house and we could close next week like we had planned – uh yeah she they would get back about uh, about half of it just under half of it and then she also has to pay the new taxes 16 15 and 14 yeah so there's total maybe 15 to 20 grand out of her proceeds she still has a a, a sizable portion of her proceeds what these sellers seem to don't understand which is just hilarious to me because i had another one actually the eileen seller he at first told me no because of a step forward issue as well. He, he had to pay it back. And I said, Susan, I'm just going to wait and pay it back in two years. You do realize that, A, this house is now going to be vacant because his mother passed. It's going to be vacant for now for the next two years unless you put a tenant in Not it. Not a good thing in Detroit or anywhere no, for that anywhere. matter. Secondly, you realize you're still paying taxes for the next two years, right? If you stop right now and I pay this off, you don't owe any more money. What's the difference now if you pay the next two years property taxes or the last two years that you have to reimburse for not paying? What is the difference there? Maybe Great objection interest. handler right there, by the way. Yeah. yeah so, there you go. So they, uh, I got him to come around. I actually increased my offer because I started very, very low on this deal. I knew I had room. So I came up. I'm, basically, I said, I'll cover the step forward portion, um, which was like almost six grand or so in total. And that changed his outlook he still wanted almost 10 grand more in his pocket than what he's getting but 
the objection and explaining it to him in a way that made sense. Like you realize you're still gonna have to pay these taxes. You have to pay them now or you're gonna lose this house. If he doesn't pay 14's taxes by March 31st, it's in foreclosure. And by the end of April, you're done. So so the Savage Steve moment of this week is a seller is backing out of my deal. I have to go file an affidavit of claim of interest, a fuck you, David, and not you, Dave. Fuck you, David. Yeah. It's a document. It's uh, a T. <laughs> and uh, I have to go file that tomorrow. And uh, it sucks, but it's part of the process. And it's something that um, at times I'm not as hard on these things as I should be. Like at times I let it go. Oh, well, it's not that big. Okay. No. I have time and money invested in this. My people have time and money invested in this. And once I have a contract or at least I have a verbal agreement with a buyer and I know this is going to close, there's no way I'm not filing an affidavit because now you're definitely taking money out of my pocket. And um, I don't care if you can sell the house for 90000 for 100000 Yeah, don't sign a contract. There you go. Don't sign a contract with me for eighty. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just the way it is. Um, or maybe don't pretend to be your daughter and sign for her name, <laughs> or maybe fucking that piece too. of shit. Maybe that too. Yeah, that's fraud, man. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with you people? So I will be pursuing it. Um, it's just. Do you a, think she's lying or telling the truth? She flat out told me that. Well, she said her name is Simone. So like the very last text last night, and this was at RDI when I was having this conversation. Um, the very last text last night was. Uh, her name is Simone. And I was like, okay, great. So I just need to dig in a little bit further. Um, if she did indeed sign. Now, I had this very same situation in Warren with a house. And the person signing it wasn't the owner. It was Again, it was like their kid or something like that. So message to everybody. Make sure that when you're dealing, when you're getting your contract signed, that you know that that person is the owner or that there's not any other owners out there. Because the other one was... The daughter was the the person that signed was entitled, but the daughter was also entitled. And then when it came to the closing documents, she didn't want to sign anything because she didn't agree it in the first place. So we only had one person of the people that were on title that signed our purchase agreement. So you always should be looking at a, at least a quick public record search, right, to see that this isn't a tax sale property before you go out and look at it, uh, or that you're aware of it and your pricing is a, accounting for it. And then you need to um, just make sure that if there's two people in title, two people sign your purchase agreement. It's not that hard. So we need to improve our processes a little bit on our side to see if we can avoid this. But in this particular case, it was one person in title, one person signed. She always identified herself as Ms. Carter. So, you know, I don't know. It Explain it to is. your daughter why there is a uh, claim of interest on title to your property. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you can have that conversation yep. and uh, give us a call back, right? Yep. Give Steve a call. It. He doesn't give a fucking shit. Dot <laughs> 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 com. Yeah, com. So yeah. Uh, we will file it and I will release it for fee. Uh, I'm going to ask for a minimum of 7000 because I know that's what I would have walked away with. Next week, had this closed. If this drags on for longer, I'll probably ask for more because the values will go up and I could have made more. I can close on this house. Like if if I get pushed in a corner and the judge says, hey, you have, okay, you win. You got to close by next week. I can and will close on this house. Even if I have to borrow the money to do it before I resell it, I'll do it just based on principle because 
I signed a contract saying we would close, I'm going to close. Um, we, we're ready and able and willing to perform, and now she's backing out. So we're going to um, – uh, we were ready to honor our side of it. She's not honoring her. So we're going to file a fuck you, David, and go from there. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned to flip this because we will probably have this in a story section in the future mm. when this gets resolved. So the last section here for this week, and sorry if you hear sniffling and stuff. I think I'm coming out with a cold. Um, uh, the wholesale tip of the week this week, I'm stepping back to work on marketing. So the focus is on what my one thing is. My one thing is generating leads. Like that's what I like to do the best. Uh, that's what's probably the most single most important thing in my business. Without leads, I don't need sales guys. Without leads, I don't have contracts to flip. So uh, I'm going back to focusing on that for right now. So my tip is find your one thing and focus on that. That can be that one thing can just be this week. It doesn't have to be a one thing that's a forever. Like I was listening to some of the book that you read. Um, the one thing by Gary Keller and listen to Jeremy's podcast where he reads that it's awesome. If you haven't already heard it. So, but you can use this same philosophy on a week to week basis. Like for example, this week, my one thing is get the rest of my February marketing plan, uh, planned and sent to my assistant to execute it. And then get March done. So I'm a month ahead instead of a week behind. Uh, Get February and March's marketing plans done and sent to Rob, ready to execute with a detailed, on this day you do this, on this day you do this, to this list, and so on. That's my one thing this week. So my tip to you is find your one thing. What one thing can you do this week that's going to help your business in the biggest way? What's going to have the biggest impact? Um, and maybe you're not, you know, you don't have a team like I do to take some of the pressure off and, and work on some of these seller leads and calls. Your one thing can be one hour a day can be one hour. The first thing you do in the morning is work on your one thing for this week. And then by the end of the week, that one thing will be accomplished and you will be that much closer to your goals. I was talking to, uh, Mike Cowper yesterday of, uh, return on investments and he's been waking up at 4 a.m. And for 4 a.m. to 7 a.m., he's been working on standard operating procedures. That's that's what he does during. So I was like, holy wow. shit. I guess we have time when we make the time. That's right. right? That's and he exactly actually set right. the time aside, and he turns off his phone and he ignores everything else. And uh, So if you're by yourself and it's important, I guess uh, make the time. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's a great point because that's why – uh, return on investments, Mike and Mike are where they're at. Um, and why I'm where I'm at. I haven't gotten up at 4 a.m., taken the time to set certain things. You know, I've got a great system, I got a lot of things that are going well. You compare me to a newbie, it's great. You compare me with those guys, and I'm like, holy shit, I got a lot to, I got a lot to work on. I got a lot of things to, it's, it's great. It's inspiring for me. It makes me want to f- work harder, but. I'm not getting up at 4 a.m. Yeah. So if I want to be like that, what do I got to do? Get up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or whatever. Do things differently than I'm doing. And I've got things like that that I do. I've got a power hour that I do in the morning. Um, when I get up at 6, I work from 6 to 7 on um, you know, just writing out my thoughts for the day, my four core four things that I'm working on for the day. So 
Um, but that's taking it to another level. I love that. That's awesome. It got my attention. He was doing I'm like, oh, I'll shut the fuck up now. You know. Well, you get up at like five or five thirty. Four thirty. Four thirty. Still, yeah. you know, it just takes me that long to get the dogs out, yeah. get breakfast, get out, get ready, get out the door. By it takes workout. It takes a lot yeah. of fucking time. You know, I'm not waking up and just immediately going to yeah. something like that. It was. It, I was impressed. I was like, okay, I need to. Yeah. I need to find some time because I've been struggling with standard operating procedures too. So it's like yeah. shit. I guess I just need to make the time. That's right. That's what you got to do. You got to make the time. So that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you all. I appreciate it. Uh, wholesale tip again, make sure you find your one thing and take some action on it every day to get you where you're trying to get. All right, folks. And if you enjoy this podcast, here's what I need you to do. It takes a lot of time on Steve's day to do this shit, right? We got to get together. We got to record it. He's got to write the shit up. We're just not winging it, right? That way it doesn't suck. So... Rate and review on iTunes. Very, very important. That's how we're going to grow this podcast. Also, a ton of you are already doing this, so thank you. But also share it across social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever you're on, however you want to share it. Uh, we always try and thank you. For those who share it, we don't see it or we happen to miss it. Uh, we, we do care, and we do thank you. Also, don't snooze and lose. Go to 313cashdeals.com, put in your best email address, and pay attention. Make sure it shows up in your primary inbox. Uh, as cool as it is to pitch these deals on the podcast, this is recorded two weeks in advance. I'd hate for you to miss a deal because you're only listening to them on here. If you're thinking about selling a house or you're just curious, go to stevebuyshousesfast.com. And if you're just curious about Steve in general and you want to follow him on all the things, Go to Clixo, C-L-Y-X-O.com forward slash S Londo. And as we wrap up this podcast, we do want to take a moment. Thank you for paying attention. We know you could be doing lots of other things right now, right? Probably nothing better. Uh, just kidding. Um, but your attention is valuable to us, and we really do appreciate it. And until the next week, see you.